O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom for ever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Monday, May 17th. It is prophesied in the book of Amos that in the last days there would be a famine in the land, not a famine for food, but a famine for the word of God, as it is written in Amos 8, 11 and 12. Behold, the days come, says the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread, nor a thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. And they shall wander from sea to sea, and from the north even to the east. They shall run to and fro to seek the word of the Lord, and shall not find it. Even in the days of Joseph there were seven years of plenty, followed by seven years of famine. He had stored up grain for the seven years of famine. The Daily Audio Torah is your storehouse where you can get grain. It is 20 minutes every day of pure scripture flowing out, living manna to feed your spirit. Are you being blessed by this ministry? Please consider supporting Daily Audio Torah. You can make a one-time or a recurring donation by going to dailyaudiotorah.com and then click on the Give pick on the navigation menu. You can then make a secure online donation there. Thank you for your prayers, and thank you for your support. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the Israel Bible for the Hebrew Scriptures and for the King James for the Bread Hadashah. Today we continue the Torah portion, Naso, and it means elevate. Numbers 5, 1-15 Hashem spoke to Moses, saying, Instruct the Israelites to remove from camp anyone with an eruption or a discharge and anyone defiled by a corpse. Remove male and female alike. Put them outside the camp, so that they do not defile the camp of those in whose midst I dwell. The Israelites did so, putting them outside the camp, as Hashem had spoken to Moses, so the Israelites did. Hashem spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the Israelites. When a man or woman commits any wrong toward a fellow man, thus breaking faith with Hashem, and that person realizes his guilt, He shall confess the wrong that he has done. He shall make restitution in the principal amount and add one-fifth to it, giving it to him whom he has wronged. If the man has no kinsman to whom restitution can be made, the amount repaid shall go to Hashem for the Kohen, in addition to the ram of expiation with which expiation is made on his behalf. So too, any gift among the sacred donations that the Israelites offer shall be the Kohen's, 
and each shall retain his sacred donations. Each Kohen shall keep what is given to him. Hashem spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to B'nai Israel and say to them, If any man's wife has gone astray and broken faith with him, in that a man has carried, has had carnal relations with her, unbeknownst to her husband, and she keeps secret the fact that she has defiled herself without being forced, and there is no witness against her. But if a fit of jealousy comes over him, and he is wrought up about the wife who has defiled herself, or if a fit of jealousy comes over one, and he is wrought up about his wife, although she has not defiled herself, the man shall bring his wife to the Kohen, and he shall bring as an offering for her one-tenth of an ephah of barley flour. No oil shall be poured upon it, and no frankincense shall be laid on it. For it is a meal offering of jealousy, a meal offering of remembrance which recalls wrongdoing. 1 Samuel 21-21-15 David fled from Naoth and Ramah. He came to Jonathan and said, What have I done? What is my crime and my guilt against your father that he seeks my life? He replied, Heaven forbid, you shall not die. My father does not do anything great or small without disclosing it to me. Why should my father conceal the matter from me? It cannot be. David swore further, Your father knows well that you are fond of me and has decided. Jonathan must not learn of this, or he will be grieved. But as Hashem lives, and as you live, there is only a step between me and death. Jonathan said to David, Whatever you want, I will do it for you. David said to Jonathan, Tomorrow is the new moon, and I am to sit with the king at the meal. Instead, let me go, and I will hide in the countryside until the third evening. If your father notes my absence, you say, David asked my permission to run down to his hometown, Bethlehem, for the whole family has its annual sacrifice there. If he says good, your servant is safe. But if his anger flares up, know that he has resolved to do me harm. Deal faithfully with your servant, since you have taken your servant into a covenant of Hashem with you. And if I am guilty, kill me yourself, but don't make me go back to your father. Jonathan replied, Don't talk like that. If I learn that my father has resolved to kill you, I will surely tell you about it. David said to Jonathan, Who will tell me if your father answers you harshly? Jonathan said to David, Let us go into the open. And they both went out into the open. Then Jonathan said to David, By Hashem, the God of Israel, I will sound out my father at this time tomorrow, or on the third day. If his response is favorable for David, I will send a message to you at once and disclose it to you. But if my father intends to do you harm, May Hashem do thus to Jonathan and more, if I do not disclose it to you and send you off to escape unharmed. May Hashem be with you, as he used to be with my father. Nor shall you fail to show me Hashem's faithfulness while I am alive, nor when I am dead. Shall you ever discontinue your faithfulness to my house, not even after Hashem has wiped out every one of David's enemies from the face of the earth. Thus has Jonathan covenanted with the house of David, and may Hashem requite the enemies of David. Jonathan, out of his love for David, adjured him again, for he loved him as himself. 
Jonathan said to him, Tomorrow will be the new moon, and you will be missed when your seat remains vacant. So the day after tomorrow, go down all the way to the place where you hid the other time, and stay close to the easel stone. Now I will shoot three arrows to one side of it, as though I were shooting at a mark. And I will order the boy to go and find the arrows. If I called the boy, Hey, the arrows are on this side of you, be reassured and come, for you are safe and there is no danger, as Hashem lives. But if instead I call to the lad, Hey, the arrows are beyond you, then leave, for Hashem has sent you away. As for the promise we made to each other, may Hashem be witness between you and me forever. David hid in the field. The new moon came, and the king sat down to partake of the meal. When the king took his usual place on the seat by the wall, Jonathan rose, and Abner sat down at Saul's side. But David's place remained vacant. That day, however, Saul said nothing. It's accidental, he thought. He must be unclean and not yet cleansed. But on the day after the new moon, the second day, David's place was vacant again. So Saul said to his son Jonathan, Why didn't the son of Yishai come to the meal yesterday or today? Jonathan answered Saul, David begged leave of me to go to Bethlehem. He said, Please let me go, for we are going to have a family feast in our town, and my brother has summoned me to it. Do me a favor, let me slip away to see my kinsmen. That is why he has not come to the king's table. Saul flew into a rage against Jonathan. You son of a perverse, rebellious woman, he shouted. I know that you side with the son of Yishai, to your shame and to the shame of your mother's nakedness. For as long as the son of Yishai lives on earth, neither you nor your kingship will be secure. Now then, have him brought to me, for he is marked for death. But Jonathan spoke up and said to his father, Why should he be put to death? What has he done? At that Saul threw his spear at him to strike him down and Jonathan realized that his father was determined to do away with David. Jonathan rose from the table in a rage. He ate no food on the second day of the new moon because he was grieved about David and because his father had humiliated him. In the morning, Jonathan went out into the open for the meeting with David, accompanied by a young boy. He said to the boy, Run ahead and find the arrows that I shoot. And as the boy ran, he shot the arrows past him. When the boy came to the place where the arrows shot by Jonathan had fallen, Jonathan called out to the boy, Hey, the arrows are beyond you. And Jonathan called after the boy, Quick, hurry up, don't stop. So Jonathan's boy gathered the arrows and came back to his master. The boy suspected nothing. Only Jonathan and David knew the arrangement. Jonathan handed the gear to his boy and told him, Take these back to town. When the boy got there, David emerged from his concealment at the Negev. He flung himself face down on the ground and bowed low three times. They kissed each other and wept together. David wept the longer. Jonathan said to David, Go in peace, for we too have sworn to each other in the name of Hashem. May Hashem be witness between you and me and between your offspring and mine forever. David then went on his way, and Jonathan returned to the town. David went to the Kohen Ahimelech at Nob. Ahimelech came out in alarm to meet David, and he said to him, Why are you alone and no one with you? 
David answered the Kohen Ahimelech, The king has ordered me on a mission. And he said to me, No one must know anything about the mission on which I am sending you, for which I have given you orders. So I have directed my young men to such and such a place. Now then, what have you got on hand? Any loaves of bread? Let me have them, or whatever is available. The Kohen answered David, I have no ordinary bread on hand. There is only consecrated bread, provided the young men have kept away from women. In reply to the Kohen, David said, I assure you that women have been kept from us, as always. Whenever I went on a mission, even if the journey was a common one, the vessels of the young men were consecrated. All the more, then, may consecrated food be put into their vessels today. So the Kohen gave him consecrated bread, because there was none there except the bread of display which had been removed from the presence of Hashem to be replaced by warm bread as soon as it was taken away. Now one of Saul's officials was there that day, detained before Hashem. His name was Dog, Hadomi, Saul's chief herdsman. David said to Ahimelech, Haven't you got a spear or sword on hand? I didn't take my sword or any of my weapons with me because the king's mission was urgent. The Kohen said, There is the sword of Goliath, the Philistine, whom you slew in the valley of Elah. It is over there, wrapped in a cloth, behind the ephod. If you want to take that one, take it, for there is none here but that one. David replied, There is none like it. Give it to me. That day David continued on his flight from Saul, and he came to King Achish of Gath. The courtiers of Achish said to him, Why, that's David, king of the land. That's the one of whom they sing as they dance. Saul has slain his thousands, David his tens of thousands. These words worried David, and he became very much afraid of King Achish of Gath. So he concealed his good sense from them. He pretended madness for their benefit. He scratched marks on the doors of the gate and let his saliva run down his beard. And Achish said to his courtiers, You see, the man is raving. Why bring him to me? Do I lack madmen that you have brought this fellow to rave for me? Should this fellow enter my house? John 9, 1-41 And as Yeshua passed by, he saw a man who was blind from his birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Master, Who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Yeshua answered, Neither has this man sinned, nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night comes when no man can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had thus spoken, he spat on the ground and made clay of the spittle, and he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay and said to him, Go, wash in the pool of Siloam, which is by interpretation, sent. He went his way, therefore, and washed, and came, seeing. The neighbors, therefore, and they which were before had seen him, that he was blind, said, Is not this he that sat and begged? And some said, This is he. Others said, He is like him, but he said, I am he. Therefore said they to him, How were his eyes opened? He answered and said, A man 
that is called Yeshua, made clay, and anointed my eyes, and said to me, Go to the pool of Siloam and wash. And I went and washed, and I received my sight. Then said they to him, Where is he? He said, I do not know. They brought to the Pharisees him that before was blind. And it was the Sabbath day when Yeshua made the clay and opened his eyes. Then again the Pharisees also asked him how he had received his sight. He said to them, He put clay upon my eyes, and I washed and do see. Therefore said some of the Pharisees, This man is not of God, because he keeps not the Sabbath. Others said, How can a man that is a sinner do such miracles? And there was a division among them. They said to the blind man again, What do you say of him that he has opened your eyes? He said, He is a prophet. But the Jews did not believe concerning him that he had been blind and received his sight, until they called the parents of him that had received his sight. And they asked him, saying, Is this your son, who you say was blind, born blind? How then does he see? His parents answered them and said, We know that this is our son, and that he was born blind. But by what means he now sees, we know not. Or who has opened his eyes, we know not. He is of age, ask him, he shall speak for himself. These words spake his parents, because they feared the Jews. For the Jews had agreed already that if any man did confess that he was Christ, he should be put out of the synagogue. Therefore said his parents, he is of age, ask him. Then again called they the man that was blind, and they said to him, Give God the praise, we know that this man is a sinner. He answered and said, Whether he is a sinner or no, I know not. One thing I know, that whereas before I was blind, now I see. Then said they to him again, What did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered them, I have told you already, and you did not hear. Wherefore, would you hear it again? Will you also be his disciples? Then they reviled him and said, You are his disciple, but we are Moses' disciples. We know that God spoke to Moses. As for this fellow, we know not from where he is. The man answered and said to them, Why herein is a marvelous thing, that you know not from whence he is, and yet he opened my eyes. Now we know that God hears not sinners, but if any man be a worshiper of God and does his will, him he hears. Since the world began, was it not heard that any man opened the eyes of one that was born blind? If this man were not of God, he could do nothing. They answered and said to him, You were already born in sin, and you do teach us? And they cast him out. Yeshua heard that they had cast him out, and when he had found him, he said to him, Do you believe on the Son of God? He answered and said, Who is he, Lord, that I might believe on him? And Yeshua said to him, You have both seen him, and it is he that talks with you. And he said, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. And Yeshua said, For judgment I am come into this world, that they which see not might see, and that they which see might be made blind. And some of the Pharisees which were with him heard these words, and said to him, Are we blind also? And Yeshua said to them, If you were blind, you should have no sin. But now you say, We see, therefore your sin remains. Psalm 
Praise ye the Lord. Praise, O ye servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. From the rising of the sun to the going down of the same, the Lord's name is to be praised. The Lord is high above all nations, and his glory above the heavens. Who is like unto our God, who dwells on high, who humbles himself to behold the things that are in heaven and in the earth? He raises up the poor out of the dust, and lifts the needy out of the dunghill, that he may set him with princes, even with the princes of his people. He makes the barren woman to keep house, and to be a joyful mother of children. Praise ye the Lord. When Israel went out of Egypt, the house of Jacob from a people of strange language, Judah was his sanctuary, and Israel his dominion. The sea saw it and fled. Jordan was driven back. The mountains skipped like rams, and the little hills like lambs. What ailed you, O sea, that you fled, O Jordan, that you were driven back? You mountains that skipped like rams, and like little hills like lambs. Tremble, earth, at the presence of the Lord, at the presence of the God of Jacob, which turned the rock into a standing water, the flint into a fountain of waters. Proverbs 15, 15-17 All the days of the afflicted are evil, but he that is of a merry heart has a continual feast. Better is little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure and trouble therewith. Better is a dinner of herbs where love is than a stalled ox and hatred therewith. I want to speak to you today from 1 Samuel chapter 20 and 21. And in this chapter, what we see is David and Jonathan have become best friends. And Jonathan has pledged his life to David. Saul is extremely jealous of David and wants to kill him. And so now it's the time of the Feast of the New Moon, and... David doesn't come to the king's table to feast with them. So Jonathan is at the table, and he finds out whether or not his father is going to be accepting of David, or whether he's going to try and kill him. On the second night of the feast of the new moon, Saul flies into a rage and says, Where is David? Where is he? And he's ready to kill him. So, Jonathan then goes out into the field to warn David of the situation. So, in chapter 20, verse 18, it is written, Jonathan said to him, Tomorrow will be the new moon, and you will be missed when your seat remains vacant. The Israel Bible commentary to this verse reads as follows. The sages teach that the moon is a symbol of the people of Israel. Just as the moon waxes and wanes, appearing tiny when it is new, but large by the middle of the month, the children of Israel follow a similar cycle. Though at times they are a small and downtrodden nation, they will again become great in the eyes of all. In our era, with the establishment of the state of Israel, we are beginning to see the truth of this statement. When the world is ultimately blessed with the Mashiach from the house of David, that would be Yeshua, 
the light from the people of Israel will shine its brightest, originating in the land of Israel and illuminating the entire world. Continuing on in chapter 21, um, what happens next is that David is warned by Jonathan to flee, so he does. He leaves. And then he comes to the Kohen at Nob, Ahimelech. And the Kohen answers David. He says, I, do you have any food? Do you have any bread? And the Kohen answers him, I don't have any ordinary bread. I have consecrated bread. Verse 7, so the Kohen gave him, gave David consecrated bread, because there was none except there except the bread of display, which had been removed from the presence of Hashem, to be replaced by warm bread as soon as it was taken away. The Israel Bible commentary to this verse reads as follows. The term bread of display, or showbread, refers to the twelve special loaves that were placed on the table one of the vessels in the sanctuary of the Mishkan, and later in the Beit HaMikdash. Each loaf represents one tribe of Israel. Each week the loaves are replaced, and the old ones are then eaten by the Kohenim priests. As Rashi notes, Jewish tradition teaches that a miracle surrounded the bread of display. When the priests received them a full week after being placed on the table, the loaves were still as warm and fresh as they were when they were first baked. This was a reminder of Hashem's constant watch over His sanctuary and His people. And I would also add that the table of showbread with the twelve loaves of bread in the Mishkan, it is a picture pointing us to Yeshua, who is the bread of life. So we will continue on with the story of David tomorrow. And perhaps this story is something that you can really relate to. Perhaps you have a Saul person in your life who's persecuting you or pursuing you. We've all had times in our lives when we go through persecution. And so I pray that as we continue on in this part of the scriptures, that we will glean the lessons to be learned in how David handled it. David refuses to lift his hand against Saul or to strike back. He only takes defensive measures. He never takes offensive measures. He refuses to lift his hand against the anointed one, the one that God had chosen to uh, be the king of Israel. He's going to wait upon the Lord to orchestrate circumstances uh, for him to become the king, and he's not going to take matters into his own hands. Okay, have a blessed day. Yeah,
Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24 to 26. Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. <laughs>